This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. And here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Sean Ani from Techno Buffalo. We'll focus on what's expected of the iPhone 7 in the first part of September at the new Apple Media event. More security updates from Dr. Timothy Summers. We'll also hear from John Martellero of the Mac Observer. All this on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have Sean Ani from Techno Buffalo joining us. And of course, on the minds of everyone is a certain event for the 7th of September, all about number seven, as opposed to the Beatles and number nine. Number nine. But that would have made a Friday event, and Apple does them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So this is, of course, a Wednesday. I should say that I'm coming into this episode very, very annoyed because I've just spent a lot of time on the phone with one particular satellite TV service trying to deal with their horrible phone menu systems where they have voice recognition that is totally broken. You encounter that problem often, Sean? Quite often. I just immediately start saying operator as soon as I get one of those systems. Well, you try to do that and they don't understand you. Sometimes you have to say agent, sometimes you have to press zero. The service I'm talking about, by the way, is DirecTV. Since the merger with AT&T, service has gotten worse. I spent two and a half hours trying to deal with an installation problem on the phone. Not fun. I recently, well, not recently, over a year ago now, I cut the cord and got rid of DirecTV. And going through that process of canceling them was a joy. Well, they have a retention department. Oh, yes. I spoke to them. (laughs) And they give you chapter and verse. Oh, we'll do this. We'll do that. We'll give you money. We'll give you gifts. We'll have someone come over to your house and massage you. No, they don't do that. No, they didn't go that far. But as they're going through the list of everything they'll do for you, you're wondering, why didn't you do any of this for me when I was a regular customer? Because they take you for granted. And now it's a situation where I live in a place that isn't a luxury home or anything, but I got free internet and I have free Dish Network service through a company called Access Media 3. Ever hear of them? No, I have not. They build services with housing complexes, apartments or individual homes, where they wire the development. And therefore, they've got first digs on everything. They give you internet, then you can't get internet by everyone else. When it comes to TV service, if you want to have... TV service from, say, DirecTV, they're giving you a dish in this particular development. You have to go through a song and a dance in the Homeowners Association to even get approval, and they'll put restrictions on there that are deal breakers. Oh, I do not envy you. Well, it's free internet. It's free dish network. Why should I complain? Yeah, exactly. If I ever get a 4K TV, I'll complain because the dish service they provide does not support that. Let's talk about number seven. Number seven. I still like number nine better, but we're stuck with number seven. 
Now, is there any mystery at all to what Apple's going to do? I think the only mystery that we're left with is that you know, we still aren't sure if they're removing the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, although some paperwork that has come out of Russia for a, a trademark on something called AirPods, which we believe to be their Bluetooth headset, kind of makes us think that the headphone jack is definitely going away. But, you know, we won't know for sure until September 7th. Well, this rumor has persisted for such a long while, the loss of the headphone jack. And you kind of think, well, if it's repeated a few times, we shouldn't pay attention. But everybody has seized on this. So I'd yeah. be surprised if it didn't happen. I would be surprised as well at this point. It's going to be an interesting day if that is indeed the path that Apple decides to take. I'm sure you know, we'll see many editorials, including from TechnoBuffalo itself, about, okay, what are we doing with all of our existing headsets? Well, I assume here they're going to make some accommodation. They'll give us an adapter. They have to. There's no choice. We get I an adapter. I don't think they'll give it to us. I, I think they'll sell it to us, but I don't think they'll give it to us. Okay. Now, there are some rumors that they will. I kind of think here that if they don't, there's going to be a lot of screaming. There will be screaming anyway. Correct. I think if they don't do it, there will be more screaming. If they say, okay, we'll give you wireless headset of some kind wireless earbuds, but we're giving you an adapter. Now, I don't know what that adapter is worth, a dollar? I think they well, have to because they're making such a sea change. I hope they give it to us. It's Apple. Anytime they can sell us an adapter, they're going to sell us an adapter. Okay, so we'll agree to disagree. I think there will be an adapter. You think there won't. Either way, there will be screaming. Now, to be fair, the three and a half millimeter headphone jack dates back to the 1950s and the first transistor radios. So, you know, we're talking about a modification to stereo of technology that is 65 years old. So it's time for a change, don't you think? I do. You make a very good point. It is a very, very old technology. I think people have just gotten to the point where they've taken it for granted because it's always been there. It's going to be a radical change. But yes, it is time for someone to change that up more than likely. It's just, I think anytime Apple does something like this, we just immediately seize on it's evil. You know, they're trying to get more money out of us. Yes, we are dealing with a technology that has not changed in decades. So with Apple's point of view here, they are notorious for throwing technologies by the wayside and trying something new. So for a practical matter here, forgetting about the possible impact on customers, why does Apple want to ditch that headphone jack? Well, in the long run, it will save them money. I, not in the initial run, but in the long run, it will save them money. It also what, uh, two cents. Hey, I well, hey, two cents multiplied by tens of millions of iPhones adds up. But it's going to save them money. It also allow them to finally go thinner, you know, because they have to keep going thinner. And uh, the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack right now is the thickest thing on the phone, so that gives them a chance to shave you know, another millimeter off of the phone. I also think it's a matter of being a very common point of failure because I've had that happen on notebooks where those tiny jacks break. And what happens then? Well, I had an older model PowerBook, obviously the predecessor of the MacBooks and MacBook Pros. There, I was able to get a component level repair. But if you break it, basically it's the logic board that goes and has to be fixed and it can be expensive. 
unless you're under warranty or you have Apple Care or something. So it's a point of failure, a very common point of failure. The other logic I've heard is this makes the unit more water resistant. Yes, it does do that. And that is something that I think is a good thing. How many people have, I don't know, at least once or twice a year, I have a friend call me up and go, my phone's been in water. What do I do? And, you know, I tell them, you know, get rice and pray. But, you know, so. And what if they say, well, I am an agnostic or an atheist. What do you do then? Well, then I just tell them to get the rice and skip the praying segment. But, you know, rice, it works somewhat, but it's not perfect. And your phone's never going to be the same. So the more water resistance a phone has, the better. Now, this is an interesting thing. Consumer Reports looked at the Samsung Galaxy S7 Active. And by the way, congratulate me for remembering that model designation. Samsung doesn't make them very easy. <laughs> no, they It's don't. supposed to be water resistant. That's why it's active. But they gave it a dunk test and it failed. What's going on there? I don't know because in the past, the actives have been fairly good at water resistance. I don't know if somebody just didn't check off the right box on the, you know, the quality control sheet or what it may have been. But in the past, the actives have been good. But yeah, I'm hearing the same things. The S7 active is not what it's cracked up to be. And, you know, Consumer Reports, in my point of view, tends to go overboard trying to be agnostic about platforms. And I think they sometimes favor too much Windows or Android and look at features that don't really work so well to give one product an advantage over another. But certainly, I don't believe the Consumer Reports is going to fail on a dunk test. If they tell you, Apple, Samsung, whoever, that this fails the test, it fails the test. And Samsung has, as they say, some splaining to do. We have more of Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. For P150, P150GA, P150NY, P150OK, P150TN, C250A, C250E, C250Q. Not available in all states. If New York, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-798-4326. 
This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-798-4326. That's 1-800-798-4326. 1-800-798-4326. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Minuteman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Minuteman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelta users, if you or a loved one took Zorelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zorelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So as I sit here waiting for more installers to come to the house and mess up, we have Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. On the agenda is number seven. Now, I can't do number seven like I do number nine, but what this means is that Apple has an event planned for the 7th of September. We presume it's going to be an iPhone 7. Some people said, well, you know what? It's not going to be such a big change, so maybe Apple will call it like an iPhone 6SE, but that's nonsense. They're going to call it a 7, right? I do think it's going to be the seven. I have heard all those rumors as well about you know, possible extensions of the six name, but we've gotten very used to the idea that in even years we get the big number and then the odd years we get the you know, S number. So I can't see them doing anything other than just plain old seven. And if they did, it would basically provide support 
for people who complain that this new update's not going to be very significant. But then again, I think smartphones in general are good enough now that it's really, really difficult to find new spiffy features. It's going to be just minor stuff around the edges. We'll improve the case. We'll make it thinner. We'll be a little bit more powerful, a little more battery life, a better camera. Nothing significant anymore. I totally agree with you there. I think phones have reached such a point that it's going to take, I don't know what it's going to take at this point, to be honest. There's going to have to be a complete sea change to make something really stand out at this point, because every phone, even if you go for a low-end phone, is a decent phone. And I just don't know what they can do to them anymore. I'm sorry, they're, they're all basically the same. When you get down to it, it's just a matter of which operating system you want to use. Yeah, I think right. the quality control, I think, is fairly decent on every one of them. And you have a choice between Android and iOS. We can go into the argument there about that. But the basic hardware, well, Apple has certainly proprietary hardware. But a lot of what they do is just buying off-the-shelf or slightly modified chips from other people. They go to Qualcomm or now Intel for the modems, things like that, parts that are available to everybody. So there have to be similarities. And they go to major manufacturers for the LCDs and all that. That also makes it a really difficult argument to tell people upgrade. We've seen this in the PC space, where it used to be you buy a new PC every two, three, four years. Now people are keeping their computers, their Macs or PCs for five, six, seven years with the new operating system from Apple, Mac OS Sierra. It supports Macs that are six to seven years old. And so you got a lot of stuff there that you can just keep running. Yeah, exactly. And it's getting harder and harder to convince users to upgrade. You you look at especially like iPad sales. There's not a whole lot of compelling reason there once you have an iPad to upgrade that often. It's definitely not an annual upgrade like it is with a phone or even a you know every 2 years. With iPads in particular, you can go 3-4 years and with Mac computers you can go 5-6 years without a whole lot of problem. And the situation here with smartphone purchases the usual deal in the past where you get the two-year contract, you put something up front, you have a two-year contract, that's your rate. Now they basically, based on, of course, the uncarrier T-Mobile, you've split up that rate. There's a rate for the phone, for the data, for the purchase of a particular handset. And you see different rates, like I have AT&T next. So I look at my AT&T rate, and then I see an additional fee for next. And I think, after September, I've paid off my phone. So suddenly my price goes down. So now I look at my current iPhone 6 and say, do I really need to buy an iPhone 7? Is it that much better, that much faster? Maybe I'll keep it another year because now they show me by itemizing these costs what I'm paying for everything. It's no longer buried. And doesn't that also hurt sales? Oh, I definitely think so. You know, we were always paying for the phones anyway under the two-year contracts. and. You know, no matter how you dress it up now, we're still paying for them. It's a lot scarier now walking into a store and seeing how much you're going to be paying for a phone. I have a iPhone 6 Plus. I do not have a 6S. I wasn't going to do it. I really think I'm not going to do it this year. I can't afford to go out and buy a new phone this often. And with the rumors of what may be coming next year with you know changing to an LED screen and everything else, I'm going to hold out for another year. That's not what Apple wants to hear me saying, but 
it's what I have to do. I, you know, if I'm going to be a, a good consumer, I'm going to try to conserve my money as much as possible. I'm going to wait as long as possible. And we're talking here about 30 to $35 a month, typically for a high-end smartphone. Plus, I guess you pay sales tax up front. That's the usual deal with this AT&T Next or one of these other services. So you make a very good point. You've got something that's very good, unless this new touch disease that's impacting some of these devices. You've heard about that, right? Especially yes. the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus, supposedly it causes irregularities, gray spots on the screen. And I kind of think here we're talking about maybe something where the parts are bending or splitting or something like that. Yes. I'm one of those people that I slap my phone in a case the moment I get it, you know, to try to protect it as much as possible because I want the resale value down the road. I'm lucky I've not seen any of those issues yet, but I'm hearing more and more reports of it happening. I tend to think also if it gets too much, Apple will have an extended repair program. They'll just bite the bullet. But I think they had said there's, what, two or 300 million iPhones out there that are ripe for upgrade, being two or more years old. So already Apple has a huge market if they can convince people to upgrade. I am sure that come September 7th, whatever the extent of the improvements are, they will basically say it's the greatest thing in the universe. Of course, that's what Apple says about every upgrade. It's going to be spun heavily beyond belief. And I don't know, as you say, I'm in the same dilemma as you are. I need to save money. I just moved. You know, it's not cheap to move. And yes, our effective monthly rate isn't altogether different than what it used to be. Got to cut costs. I'm cutting to a cheaper phone service. I'm cutting out things I don't need. A lot of people are doing that. And Apple knows that. And Apple knows this resistance. So we're going to have to see where that's going to lead. Yeah, completely. It, And you are in the same boat as a lot of people. I've been cutting my bills lately as much as I possibly can. That's the way of the world, you know, you, especially in, in our line of work, you know, where we're working with all these subscription services and everything else, I sat down and I looked at my credit card bill and I couldn't believe how many monthly, uh, small, you know, recurring monthly fees I was paying, you know, and then I go, okay, so I'm cutting those out, but do I want to put a big one on there for a phone? Not right now. At some point though, that at worst will maybe add a one year delay in people buying these things. So you think, don't you agree with me that there's a point there where people are going to have to buy an upgrade because a three or four euro phone is going to be showing a lot of wear and tear? Yes, that I do agree with. But I think more and more people are going to a three-year cycle. I suppose. I suppose. Well, I hope that we'll see something interesting here. What about, and we'll get into this in our next segment, what other products might Apple show at their September 7th event. An Apple Watch. We've got Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Introducing the fastest growing digital currency company in the world. 
OneLight. With over 2.1 million members, OneCoin is becoming the most powerful force in digital currency. It reached over a billion dollars in revenue in its first year. No other company has accomplished such an impressive feat. Now you can achieve financial independence with the strength of OneLight. Find out how to build your financial dreams. 877-933-4747. 877-933-4747. Dedicated to helping you create financial abundance. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. All right, listen up, because this is the most important thing you're going to hear all day. What if I said you could make money flipping houses without any cash, credit, or manual labor? And what if I said you could do it part-time from the comfort of your home? Sound unflippin' believable? Hi, I'm Preston Ely, and I'm going to prove it by sending you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It sells online for $19.95, but I'm giving away free copies this week. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-959-5795. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity shut off nine times, but I figured out a simple way to make money flipping houses without even breaking a sweat. Now I'm living the good life, and so should you. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. Hands down, it's the fastest, easiest way to get started in real estate. Let me prove it. Call right now to find out how to get your free book. When they're gone, they're gone. Call 1-800-959-5795. 1-800-959-5795.
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So we know the iPhone is a lock. Yes. Apple Watch, I guess, did, I don't know, reasonably well or adequate sales because we don't know. We can only infer them from the other products category and Apple's financials. And the estimates are somewhat varying. All right. So it's a little late, don't you think? Because it's a year and six months or so by the time September rolls around where Apple needs to probably introduce a new Apple Watch. Do we expect version two to also be announced? Again, coming out of Russia from documents that were filed there by Apple, it does look like that there will be a new Apple Watch on September 7th. So right now we're, we're leaning towards, yes, we will see a new version. Okay. What do we expect to see? I'm kind of expecting we won't see a cellular radio, which is, I think, the most important thing Apple can add when the technology is suitable. Because then it untethers that Apple Watch from the iPhone. I think that's a huge limitation. So what do we expect to see in Apple Watch 2? There hasn't been a whole lot of rumors on that. You know, we're, of course, you know, it'll be a faster processor and, you know, a better screen, I'm sure. But beyond that, it's really kind of up in the air what they're going to be doing with it. Apple has always said, you know, we double down on secrecy and, you know, then we get 5,000 iPhone leaks. But we really have not received a whole lot of leaks on the Apple Watch. That is strange. Unless, of course, in this case, Apple is still got some work to do. It may not show up till October, but they'll just demonstrate it. Correct. Yes, that's always a possibility. Well, okay. I guess we're going to have to see where that happens. Apple Watch 2. More battery life? What would you like to see in an Apple Watch? I think the question here is, we see customer satisfaction with the Apple Watch. Maybe not the biggest demand, but what is there that Apple could do to make people look at that thing and say, I need this? What is going to persuade Gene Steinberg, for example, to give up his $12.88 Walmart watch? <laughs> which is now I've had for about a year and three months or so, and get himself an Apple Watch, forgetting the price. I don't know. I mean, I do wear a smartwatch. I wear a Pebble Time, and it does everything that I want a smartwatch to do. You know, it, it shows me my notifications and all that, so I don't pull my phone out of my pocket quite as often. I can just look down at my wrist and go, oh, okay, you know, I don't need to respond to that right now. But that's really... Even though I'm in the technology field, that's really about all I want a smartwatch to do. I don't want it to be apps and everything else. I just want to deliver information to me and simplify my life a little bit. As for the Apple Watch itself, if people are interested in it, I think they've got to work on the battery life. They have to improve it. This, you know, not even a full day's charge is ridiculous. You know, the Pebble time, I get five days out of it. I would even like that to be a little bit longer, but I can live with five days. But if I had to throw my watch on a charger every day, that would drive me insane. We've got maybe six minutes left. I want to focus on this before we go. And the best way is to quote the opening lyrics from a 1966 song written by George Harrison for Revolver. And it will confront our situation with Apple and the European Union. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Of course, that's because the tax rate in the UK in those years was 95%. So 
So Apple is paying next to nothing for Ireland. And now the European Union says, no, no, no. We're talking about what, 13 or $14 billion? 14.6. Ouch. That's more than Donald Trump is supposedly worth. But that's a bigger joke. Yeah, that that is a large. That's the T word. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) The Ireland has become well known as a tax haven for companies. They like to go there. There's ways they can work around the tax system, and the European Union has decided to finally go. Nope, no more. And they're going after Apple for fourteen point six billion in unpaid taxes. But apparently even Dublin is going, no, 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 we don't want that much from them. I would imagine it's because they're afraid Apple will pull out and they'll lose several hundred jobs. But it's it's interesting. You know, I'm sure Apple's going to appeal it. It's not something that they're just going to pay blindly and go, oh, you finally got us. Well, Tim Cook has an open letter where he explains the reasoning behind it. But the other thing is here, how does Brexit enter the picture? The answer is it doesn't make a difference. And I didn't realize this immediately because I wasn't thinking. There are two Irelands. There's a Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK, and there is a Republic of Ireland, a separate country, which, of course, is separately a member of the European Union. And Brexit has nothing whatever to do with it. I don't know. I, that That's way above my pay grade, unfortunately. Yes, if I had a pay grade that high, I wouldn't even be worrying about what smartphone to get or whether I need an (laughs) Apple watch. But seriously speaking here, I assume Apple, based on what Tim Cook says, will appeal this. That's fine. I also think the biggest solution for this is to repatriate the money to the U.S., which means Congress has to say, okay, guys, if you bring your money back here, we'll give you a much lower tax rate. This way they collect something rather than nothing. And that would also help in situations like this because any company will, obviously, to serve the interests of its board and investors, look for the lowest tax rate. Of course, yes. And you're 100% right. I mean, it's all about, you know, a lot of people don't realize that if you bring your money back into the U.S., there is a severe tax on it. And that's why these companies leave their money offshore because they don't want to pay. It's almost like being double taxed. You know, they get taxed where they earn the money and then, you know, they get taxed trying to bring it back into the U.S. So, yes, this is a situation where the U.S. government could go, all right, we'll give you an exemption and you'll pay us a much smaller percentage and then we could get that money back into the states which is a good thing however then of course you have to look at the fact that apple sits on a gigantic war chest that it never spends there's no solution for this on the other hand with regard to this particular situation i think apple's going to ride the clock they have powerful lawyers powerful legal teams all over the world And they can appeal as long as the law allows them to appeal and maybe hope that there will be new people in charge of the European Commission by the time this thing is finally decided so they can make a different deal. Now, if they can come to an agreement with Ireland, the EU will say, no, we don't accept that. You've got to pay more. And that basically overrides the sovereignty of a local administration. Uh, Again, way above my pay grade to even begin to try to figure all of this out. 
Well, we know here that if you want to read more about what Apple says, they have something called a message to the Apple community in Europe. On the other hand, $14.5 billion is to Apple like I spend 25 cents right now. I go and spend 25 cents on something. I don't even know if there's anything you can get for 25 cents. But if I were to spend 25 cents on something, that's the equivalent of Apple spending $14.6 billion. It's nothing to them. They have, what, $230 billion around. They can write this off because you can write off the taxes you pay on another tax bill. So they can work around it. It's not going to be injurious to Apple. They're not going out of business. They can settle it. Obviously, they're going to fight it tooth and nail because they want to have a standard. Whatever they do is going to set the standard for the world because other large companies will face similar situations. Yeah, it, it's definitely, it's not just Apple that is in this situation. Google and many, many other technology companies have entities in Ireland just so they can take advantage of this tax system. So this is definitely something the entire technology industry is going to be watching closely. Sean, tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find us at technobuffalo.com, and we'll be covering the Apple event as well as all the other breaking technology news every day. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun to see if Apple really does something that maybe surprises people. And we're not going to even suggest, and I think we kept the predictions at a minimum here, because whatever we say in a couple of days after you hear the show, it's going to be obsolete. Sean Ani, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com.
This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we have Dr. Timothy Summers joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live this week for a brief session to bring you up to date on security leaks and the current political season. Now, Tim, it seems to me here that it's the Democrats who are getting the brunt of these hacks. Why is that? Well, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> right now, the, the best thing that we can really say is that uh, it seems that that's who the Russians tend to focus on. And uh, I actually say that kind of in a little bit with a little bit of facetiousness because that's been the the Russians have kind of been who everyone is saying is behind this and of course the the data looks like that too. Do we know it's the Russians? Definitively no. Definitively we, we you know we don't know. Uh but what we do know is that the data uh, in terms of the traffic the network network traffic where the attacks appear to have originated they appear to be Russian. Uh, it appears to be Russian in origin. Uh, and of course, there have been some ta- tactics that have been used uh, from a communication standpoint. Uh, for example, the, the hacker and how he or she or they have been communicating with the public are some tactics that have been used by nation states in the past. Now, of course, I assume the Russians deny all this, right? <laughs> right. The Russians, have, in fact, have been uh, quite vocal about about denying it. And uh, the White House has really was not didn't immediately begin 
jumping on the, the Russian bandwagon either. It actually started uh, with CrowdStrike, it's a company out in California, saying that, uh, which is of course the company that the DNC retained to help with the uh, the aftermath of cyber attacks. But CrowdStrike actually is the company that began saying it was Russians. But the thing about it is that every attack now has been attributed, uh, since then has been attributed to the Russians. Um, you can take that any way you want. So if you're a Russian, you're going to be blamed. Now, if we're looking at the possibility that maybe there were other actors involved here, who would it be if it wasn't the Russians? If it wasn't the Russians, uh, in in terms of the Russian government or intelligence, it could easily, very easily be another country. Uh, For example, it could be another nation state. It could be the Chinese. Uh, Or it could be a malicious cyber group, malicious hacker group looking to muck around with uh, American politics. But at the, at the end of the day, the, the most important thing here is that we're seeing hackers really try to uh, have a heavy hand in what happens in our upcoming presidential election. Their possible success, is it because the Democratic email servers and other computers aren't as secure as the Republicans, or is it a matter of the ones they targeted? No, I, I think that really this originated with the Hillary Clinton emails and you know, the, the presumed access that hackers were able to get to her email server. Um, and, and I really believe that that is what has led us into the DNC, um, you know, in terms of the emails and the data. Uh, because to be quite frank, there's nothing, there's no information or, or, or intel that I've received that indicates that the Repo- Republican Party is more secure than the Democratic Party. <laughs> okay, but the thing here is, according to the head of the FBI, Although he believed that Hillary Clinton's email server may have been hacked, they had no evidence of it at that time. And it doesn't That's look correct. as if anything has actually been publicized. The emails we see are released by the State Department or the FBI. Agreed, agreed. But the thing to think about is here, if her server had been breached, right, um, the big payday wouldn't necessarily come from showing that you breached her email server, which is exactly what the first, you know, Guccifer or Guccifer, whatever, you know, uh, guy uh, claimed to do, right? So what you would actually do is you'd look to pivot, uh, which is what malicious hackers do quite often, where it's not so much about getting into Hillary Clinton's emails as much as it's about where can that lead you. Uh, And very easily, Hillary Clinton's access to Hillary Clinton's email server could easily lead you to the DNC just simply by way of, if a malicious hacker had access to her server, uh, why not take full advantage of that and then send malicious code out to various other people that would undoubtedly be in her party and get them to give you further access into the party? That would actually make perfect sense strategically. Okay, now looking at her server, I looked it up on Wikipedia, it might be wrong. It said it was running Microsoft Exchange Server. Is that correct? Uh, From what I know, that is correct. Okay, so in general, let's assume some fool sets up the server and they hired some IT guy from the State Department. I won't say that person's a fool, but a normal person sets up a Windows server system, installs it with the normal options, and then with the normal options, without any configuration other than stuff to add accounts, sets up on it Microsoft Exchange Server. Given those two considerations, just the default settings, nothing unusual, how does that stand in security? 
Well, the default settings are never good enough <laughs> from a cybersecurity perspective. <laughs> uh, the, the default settings uh, on a you know Exchange server, quite frankly, are just going to be insufficient, uh, and it, you should expect it to be hacked. Okay, but we do not know, and nobody has said, and it's never been revealed, what sort of settings were on that server to give added protection. We haven't a clue, do we? No, we don't. We don't. We have no idea. And, and that data hasn't been released. So therefore, anyone who says this is an insecure server, they don't know what they're talking about. It's just politics. Really, yeah. At the end of the day, it just boils down to being politics and being, uh, you know, hearsay. Okay, so that's where it stands right now. And even if we prove 100% the Russians were responsible for the hacks, it's not that we can do anything other than hack them back. I mean, how do you combat this? How does the U.S. government deal with China, Russia, whoever, ISIS, ISIL, whatever you want to call them, hacking and breaking into private servers, which certainly the DNC is, a private company, or the public servers. What do they do if they discover this? Do they have countermeasures? Well, there definitely are countermeasures. I mean, keep in mind that, you know, the United States is, uh, of course, you know, we're heavily dependent on the Internet and, um, you know, have a lot of exposure to cyber attacks. And so, you know, we definitely have um, organizations like United States Cyber Command, right, that basically is the central command for all of our cyber operations. Uh, so, you know, that includes everything from, you know, organizing our current cyber resources. <laughs> you can take that to, to mean what you, uh, what you will. And, you know, and, and the whole point behind that really is to conduct defense of U.S. military networks. So the, if that gives you some insight into whether or not we have countermeasures, the very easy answer is yes, we do. So if we have countermeasures, does that mean that we hack them? You hack us, we hack you? So from the United States government's perspective, um, you know, cyber operations includes defense and offense. So uh, the answer to that question is I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it would be tit for tat, right? But perhaps, uh, but definitely a bit more strategic and tactical in nature. So, you know, you know, if we if we're getting hacked, you can better believe that you know there are other places getting hacked as well. And I think that the, the uh, recent breach of uh, the NSA uh, from uh, the 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 group, the Equation Group, right, the data that was lost from their group, and the apps that were lost from their group, you know, the the threat that really, you know, even Edward Snowden said himself that you know, hey, look, the outcome here is. Basically, it's the Russian government trying to let you know, hey, if you're pointing fingers at us saying that we hack you, uh, we've got proof that you also hack others as well. What a game. But at least people don't die, I hope, from a hack. <laughs> yeah, there are less casualties right now, today. <laughs> well, at least you don't have to use a lot of manpower, physical manpower, other than the programmers you hire. Now, does the government go to private hackers, former criminals to work with them in order to work on this problem? Hey, Gene, look, you know, to, to answer that question, you don't have to look any further than a couple of years ago at DEF CON, uh, the hacker conference out in, Black, uh, in, uh, in Vegas, uh, DEF CON and Black Hat are the two conferences, when um, the 
previous director of the NSA went out there and uh, in his Steve Jobs turtleneck and jeans attire and said to the hacker community, hey, we need you to help us. You've got the skills and we need those skills. I think that in and of itself lets you know the U.S. government, particularly the Intel community's perspective on hiring uh, hackers. But of course, the government could do a better job of hiring ethical hackers. Uh, and also the private sector could do a better job of hiring ethical hackers. And even to, be, to take that a little further, one thing we don't talk about enough is that American citizens are part of the critical infrastructure for this country. And uh, what are we doing for them? Are we doing enough? We'll have more with Dr. Timothy Summers. I'm Gene Steinberg here in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Can your vitamin supplements positively affect your blood in five minutes? Protovite can. Protovite is a genuine breakthrough liquid daily nutrition that delivers quality ingredients into your blood in less than five minutes. Scientifically proven and backed by clinical studies, Protovite supports energy, vitality, and optimal health. Watch our two-minute live blood cell video and save for yourself at vniinc.com slash prohealth. That's vniinc.com slash prohealth. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We'd like you to subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. It's a special way for you to support the show. And what you get for it is the ad-free or commercial-free version of the show, better quality audio. For a modest subscription rate, check it out at plus.technighthowl.com. That's plus.technighthowl.com. You'll learn all the information on sign-up. We have Dr. Timothy Summers. We're talking about 
the cybersecurity issues of our time, the break-ins to the government, to the Democratic National Committee, the issues about Hillary Clinton's email server, about the possible use of hackers by the government. I think our image of hackers being used by the government is formed by TV shows like Scorpion, like the now-canceled CSI Cyber, where they took people who may have in any other life been arrested for what they did, and the condition they were given is, you be a good guy, and we'll give you a job. I think you're right about that, Gene. Uh, and t- really, uh, the perspective of ethical hackers, um, or really the you know society's understanding of ethical hackers is very limited. And the government does hire ethical hackers, but it's still quite hidden and, and very quiet. And the other thing is that, unfortunately, the educational system in our country really isn't producing enough supply to meet the demand. So should we be teaching people how to do this? Is it now self-taught? How did you learn to do what you do to become an ethical hacker? Did you figure it out yourself? For me personally, I started really young and uh, I'm self-taught and I started uh, really early. But I, I do think that we need to do the same thing uh, with our children. There are many programs out there now that are looking to teach kids how to uh, hack really more from an innovation perspective from a very early age. You know, we're talking K through 12 summer camp programs. And we really need more of those because many other countries are doing that. If you take a look at countries like, for example, Israel, you know, Israel is people join uh, the military in Israel very early. One of the things that they, you can, a skill you can take away from the military there is uh, learning how to hack and learning about data analytics and learning about uh, big data, learning about cloud computing, parallel computing, all of these very interesting and very dynamic topics of field that you can then take on to make some amazing contribution. And that's one of the things that we really have to do more of, particularly in the United States. And hacking is a great way to do that, learning how to program, teaching kids how to code. These are things that we really need to put forth a lot of investment into so that we can build tomorrow's thinkers, the next generation of of innovators. Now, how then do educators instruct students? These are the things you can't do. You can't break into the CIA. You can't break into the NSA or the Democratic National Committee. That's a no-no. Is that just morality? You don't steal? Well, it's it's a blend of, of multiple things, right? I mean, it's a blend of morality and intent. Right. And really, to, at, the end, at the end of the day, I really think that intent plays a very heavy role in it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we don't say that we're not going to teach students about chemistry because we're concerned that they're going to build, you know, some really poisonous uh, compound. Right. But what we do say is we're going to teach you how to do chemistry so that you can do something constructive and contributory to, to society utilizing this knowledge. Uh, we also do the same thing with architecture and computer science and art, learning how to do mechanical engineering and civil engineering. The same thought process needs to go into uh, hacking as a skill. Really, at the end of the day, when we talk about hacking, we're really talking about being able to think through technological problems in a very unique and creative way while maintaining this really interesting exploratory nature of thinking. And, and that's really what we're talking about. It's interdisciplinary. It's multidisciplinary. Now, speaking of hacks, Apple, the last few months, has released a couple of quick security updates for iOS really fast. 
can you give us any background on what these problems were? Yeah, well, there have been a few issues with the platform that have come and gone really quickly. But what I will say is that uh, in terms of the issues with the Apple platform, one thing that we have found is that Apple does a a fantastic job of responding very quickly to major uh, major vulnerabilities in the platform. And that's something that I think that Apple should be applauded for. But one of the things that does really concern me about the platform going forward really is thinking through the, as, as Apple products become more security focused, it is thinking through uh, the sort of innovative nature of the company and how its approach to security is going to change, or rather, is it going to be that the company's innovative approach is going to change because of security, or is the security going to change because of the innovative approach? And that's a question that I think we really need to think about with Apple, because it's not going to be about whether or not Apple products are secure or vulnerable, because everything connected to the internet has vulnerabilities, but rather, how are those vulnerabilities going to be addressed going forward? Are these things that we're going to be seeing proliferated throughout the Apple ecosystem? And I think that with a company like Apple, and you have these such, such great and fantastic artists and designers that are there that build these beautiful products, how do they keep that same ethos, but also keep their consumers safe at the same time because their last vulnerabilities were, were some very large vulnerabilities. So going forward, how does Apple think through that? And I think that's one of the biggest challenges they're going to have. Going forward also, you have this comparison with Google's Android platform. There are some known problems, problems with security leaks or issues with the Qualcomm chipsets, things like that. But up till now, getting updates to the Android customer has been very difficult. So how does Google deal with that, especially as these problems mount? Yeah, and this is something Google's really going to have to think through, right? I mean, the whole perspective of how do you ensure that the push notifications are correct and, and not fraudulent? How do you ensure that you're getting the updates to the consumers in a timely manner, in a timely fashion? And, and this is something that I think we're going to see Google really have to uh, approach uh, very strategically because it's going to have a strong impact on the ecosystem going forward. And, and that's something that Apple really really has an advantage over Google on is the way that the platform was constructed uh, from the very beginning. And, and with the Android platform being a bit more robust and open in the sense of, you know, there are lots of different ways that you can plug and play into it. There are going to have to be some changes made from the infrastructure perspective. And I think that, app, um, that Google is going to have to really think very strongly about this. But now one of the things that both companies are going to have to think about very intelligently and very strategically is how do we ensure the security of our systems, regardless of whether it's open and or closed, right? And so if you think about, and, and to just use very trite terms, terminology here, if we were to think about Apple's system, ecosystem is being closed in the sense that it's very Apple curated. And then if you think about the Android platform being very open in the sense that any, any and everyone can join, you know, join the playground, how do we ensure that situations like the one that's happened with Apple in the most in most recent court cases doesn't happen in the future. Because we know that Apple's planning to take a more secure uh, stance and a very encryption-heavy stance, putting the power really into the hands of the consumer. And we know that Android is also taking a similar approach. How do they continue to have their unique 
ecosystems, the ecosystems that we know them for, and still incorporate that security tech and innovation at the same time? That really is a, is a truly baffling question because it's going to give us some insights into the future of both companies. Now, I read an article not long ago suggesting that Google is going to have to take more control of the platform and the way updates are implemented because the way it works now does not serve the customer. And we've also reached a point where, and Apple's facing it too, where smartphone sales, high-end sales that manufacturers depend on for decent profits are stalling because the existing gear is really pretty good. It's harder and harder to justify buying something new, especially with the way the wireless contracts are now where your package to buy or lease your smartphone is separate. So you know you're paying $30 more. If you pay it off, you're paying $30 less. That's a big incentive not to upgrade. More to come with Dr. Timothy Summers. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10 the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. See website for details. Need some extra cash today? Do you have bad credit or maxed out credit cards? If so, turn your radio up. 79cash.com is one of the nation's largest personal loan networks with over 50 different lenders. Now you can get a personal loan for up to $5,000 with any type of credit discreetly from your computer or smartphone and with no paperwork to send in. That's right, no paperwork whatsoever. Your cash will hit your bank account as soon as tomorrow, as our lenders have millions of dollars to lend, regardless of your credit history. Visit 79cash.com, and you can have up to $5,000 in no time. Just have a checking account and a regular source of income, and you can get the loan you need now. Regardless of your credit, go to 79cash.com from your smartphone or computer to get the cash you need. Visit 79cash.com. Type www.79cash.com directly into the address bar. That's 79cash.com. 79cash.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Think you're fat? You might just be bloated. Find out by calling now for a free trial of New Biotics, the new breakthrough that flattens bloated bellies fast. For a free trial, call 1-800-990-1243. Strict limit of one per household. 
I used to be plagued by pot belly and constant bloating. After taking new biotics, my belly flattened and continues to get flatter. My sense of bloating and discomfort is gone. If you've got a big belly, you might not be fat. You might just be bloated. New Biotics is scientifically formulated with natural ingredients to flatten bloated bellies fast by cleansing pounds of rotting food and toxic sludge from your body. It even combats periodic heartburn and acid reflux. If your belly flattening results are too dramatic, simply reduce use to every other day. Think you might be bloated? See how much flatter New Biotics makes your belly. But hurry, call now for details while we're still giving it away for free. 1-800-990-1243. That's 1-800-990-1243. one 800 Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So the question on the table for Dr. Timothy Summers is, does Google have to do something different now that it's reached a point with smartphones that it's saturating, like happened with HDTVs and everything else? How does Google deal with existing customers who aren't getting the updates? Do they have to take more control over the platform, make it less open? It's not about whether or not they're going to have to make it less open and more about whether or not they're going to have to make it a bit more curated. I think that the Android platform is definitely going to have to take uh, a bit more of a hands-on approach to ensuring that customers have the latest and greatest in terms of their updates. And, and that's incredibly important for Android because since the platform is more open and quote-unquote messy, there has to take a more active approach to this. And really, there's got to be a bit more hand-holding in terms of keeping the phones updated. But there are just as many, if not more, iPhone owners and, and, and really Apple ecosystem participants that will receive an update but not actually install the update or not actually run the update. I've even had uh, people say to me, hey, you know, my phone's saying that there's an update. Should I do that? And, and that's something that we've got to do on the socio-technical side of things, right, is actually guiding the consumer through what it means to update their device. What are they looking at there? From the consumer perspective, there's really no love lost in not uh, installing an update. And that's something that I think both companies are going to have to think about very closely. But here's something to really, really think about, Gene, and give your audience something to, to really ponder. Regardless of which way you go, whether you're an Apple ecosystem or an Android ecosystem, there are two laws that we all live by. One, we know we live by Moore's Law. That's been proven over and over again, right? The technology gets smaller, cheaper, faster. Well, then there's also Zuckerberg's Law. And Zuckerberg's Law says that the more that Moore's Law stays constant, as Moore's Law stays constant, people are going to want to share two orders of magnitude about themselves every year. 
And I would actually propose a third law, which I don't quite have a name for it yet, but a friend of mine jokingly referred to as Summer's Law, which really is that as those two laws stay constant, the security issues and the tax surface will increase by two orders of magnitude. That's something really fascinating because if you think about it, each platform, whether it's Android or Apple, are both centered around us being able to share more about ourselves on technology that is smaller, cheaper, faster. The more and more we're able to do that, and the more and more these platforms go in that direction, the more uh, insecure we're going to be because the larger our attack surface will be. That's something that I think is really going to be very big for both companies as they go forward. Well, certainly it's a very complicated world out there, so we have to see very much how it works. By the way, with this new attack from Apple where they're giving a bounty for finding an important security lapse, have they paid anything yet or is it too early in the game? Well, Apple's definitely paid for bounties before. This is just the first time that they're doing it publicly. And, and actually, I'm surprised that it took them so long to come up with a bounty program because we found that bug bounty programs are incredibly successful. And there's tons of companies all over the world that have been doing it. We can even look at the success of companies like Bug Crowd, which is the, the entire platform is dedicated around crowdsourcing bugs. We've seen the same thing with Google. Google's paid millions of dollars in, uh, in bug bounties. So is Microsoft. So I'm actually surprised that it took Apple so long to come to the yard. Now, what do you think has made Apple more proactive? It used to be that Apple was criticized for maybe not being as quick on the trigger and fixing security updates. But now it looks like they're doing pretty good. Well, I think Apple's getting better, but I think it's also a call to the times, right? If we look at just the sheer amount of cyber attacks that we've been seeing these days and just the, the, the amount of brazenness that has come out of these attacks, right? The amount of money that has been stolen, the, the amount of, of just uh, uh, data that we've seen taken from one place and, and ransomware. And I, and I think the situations that we've seen recently with our, uh, the presidential election really give us all the indication that we really need to take uh, take a more proactive approach here. And I think Apple is just, uh, just really doing what they know they need to do to stay successful going forward. But I would like to see Apple uh, more innovative in security. And they, because to be quite frank, in the security industry, there's been sort of a lack of unique innovation. At least the way that Apple does innovation and technology, there really hasn't been very much of that. And I'm actually surprised that Apple hasn't taken more of a lead in that area. I wouldn't be surprised if they step up to the plate in the near future. Now, up till now, there's been, I think, an erroneous perception that Apple claims that their platforms are immune to malware, which has never been the case. I mean, with OS X, now called Mac OS, there have been occasional problems, not like in the old days of the original Mac OS, where it was, you know, quite a few, not as much as Windows, but still quite a few problems. Now there are occasional problems, but do you think maybe there ought to be more public education about that saying, look, don't be, don't be too secure about what's going on out there. Everybody should be protected. Even maybe you shouldn't install antivirus software right now, or maybe you should, but you have to be careful. Is Apple educating its customers properly? And we assume that on Windows, we've got to have some kind of protection. We assume on Android because they offer malware or security apps, we have to have some kind of protection. We don't have that kind of thing on the Mac or iOS platform, even though at least for the Mac, 
there are security apps? No, so to answer your question, no, Apple has not done enough to educate consumers. However, I think that that's been a business advantage for them, right? Because historically, if you think about it, when we were having those conversations about Windows being more uh, vulnerable to security, you know, to security issues than Apple, that was really because most people were using Windows machines. And so when hackers were building malicious software, they were doing it for Windows-based systems so they could have the largest amount of impact. Apple users were still quite small. You know, that idea that the Apple platform was much more secure than the Windows platform made Apple hugely successful. I mean, we can just look at their balance sheets and and, and see that. So I, I don't think that it was in Apple's best interest to say to the community, Hey, well, it's not that our product is more secure. It's actually, you know, it's actually that you know we just don't have that many users out there in comparison. But I think that that's completely shifted. That actually was a big part, other than the, the beautiful design of the product and the aesthetic. That was a big part of why people really flocked to MacBooks and and iPhones and and the Apple ecosystem in general. That was really an ingenious part of. Um, the Apple sales pitch back then and really leading us into now. But the question really is going to be, what's Apple sales pitch going to be going forward? Because now that you know the public realizes that everyone gets malware and there's no such thing as a malware immune system, what will Apple use now? Steve Jobs isn't here. Is Tim Cook going to be able to deliver on the next generation of Apple innovation? Well, that's a big question that I guess... We're still trying to find the answers for. We have to see what happens. Tim Summers, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you work on. Well, you can find me on any social media at How Hackers Think. Uh, you can also reach me at howhackersthink.org. Uh, Google me on, uh, online. You can find me pretty much any and everywhere under How Hackers Think. He is everywhere. Find him, but don't hack him. Besides which, he might hack you if you hack him. We don't want to get into that. Tim Summers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Now Live. Thanks, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. As John Martellaro of the Mac Observer and I were talking about time zones, You know, he reminded me, of course, that I live in Arizona, which does not observe daylight savings time. So every time I book a guest for the show, I've got to kind of do that mental calculation. So in the summer months or daylight savings time months, I'm in Pacific time. But in the fall, winter, non-daylight savings time months, I am the same as he is. So don't ask for that. I also heard, John, that they were going to try to put something on the ballot in California to end daylight savings time. Why the heck do we even need it? Well, it was launched a long time ago, somewhere around World War II, I think, to on, on, on a semi-technical basis that it would conserve energy because people wouldn't need to turn their lights on so early in the evening. Since then, more advanced technical analysis has shown that it really doesn't save any energy in, uh, altogether. So it's sort of been a tradition 
one of the traditions is summertime recreation. People are out in the evening. They're going to events and amusement parks and staying out and enjoying the summer weather. And that's kind of nice. And when winter rolls around and we turn our clocks back, the sun sets here in Denver around 4.30. And there's been times when I've come out of work back when I was working at Lockheed Martin. When you come out of work at 5 o'clock and the stars are out, and that's really depressing. So as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather stay on daylight savings time all year round because I'm not a morning person. But then there's morning people. You know, there's people who got to get their kids out to the bus stop and they don't want them waiting for the bus when the stars are out either. So we have that to consider. So it's artificial, you know, like a nine to five workday, make it an eight to four workday. You see what I'm saying? I know. It's It's all artificial. It doesn't mean anything. It's just nonsense. But you can disagree. They like savings time all year round. I like that because I dislike the fact that unless I move out of Arizona and stay away from certain parts of Indiana, that I have to mentally calculate when I book a show. And I miss sometimes, as he knows. Anyway. Well, there's a really great app called World Clock Deluxe. It sets up a list of time zones for you and a vertical display, if you wish. And it's really nice to keep track of what's going on. I used it first when my wife was going to the Antarctic all the time. And sometimes she was in New Zealand and sometimes she was in Punta Arenas and sometimes she was in Santiago. So I I really got to know the time zones really well. It's called World Clock. And it is from Mobbossoft, their company in Italy. I highly recommend it. Mobbossoft. M-A-B-A soft, yeah. Uh-huh. And they don't talk like this. (laughs) All right. We have an article you did called, There Ain't No Such Thing as Free TV. Now, before you go on, let me just tell you my current situation. I did move recently. And I got a really good price in this place because they cut $150 off the rental price because it wasn't rented. I have no idea why. It's It's a lovely little place. But we get free internet, not the greatest broadband, but consistent speeds. And we also get free Dish Network the top 200 package from Dish Network, free of charge. Now, that's free TV, but no, it's not free TV because in order to use it, you need a set-top box or a DVR. If you get the DVR, you then have to pay an extra charge for HD. Mm -hmm. If you want premium, you pay an extra charge for that. So what is free may cost you at a minimum $25 or $30 and then some for free. Now, for the internet... The only thing I'd have to pay for is if I needed a static IP address. So that's my free TV, which is not free TV. Tell me about why free TV is not free in other situations. What about broadcast TV? Broadcast TV has commercials. And when I talk about free, there's a price to be paid by having to go through the mind-numbing experience of uh, watching commercials. We recorded uh, the Olympics Uh, in the evening on NBC and watch something else on Netflix. And around 8 or 9 o'clock at night, we would pick out the stuff we wanted to watch and then zip through the commercials. So there was a period of time when we decided to see what was happening without doing that, and it was mind-numbing. I mean, if you watched the Olympics every night for two weeks, you were blitzed with commercials. It It would be impossible to watch. There are some shows I don't know how people make it through. You're going to pay a price, whether it's money or whether it's watching commercials. What I've noticed is the is there's an evolutionary process going on. The, the TV executives 
are no dummies. Now, we first started with internet TV on a very minimal basis, uh, Hulu, and uh, renting discs from, from Netflix. It was really cool because you could watch a lot of cool stuff for not a lot of money. And as the internet evolved, uh, the people who were providing, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm referring to Hulu, were discovering that it was really hard to make money. But that was just an artifact of getting people hooked. And slowly the process started where all these different avenues, you know, DVD sales and internet and advertising were being very carefully managed in my perception to make sure that there was not only a, not only a, a, a cash flow that was equal to what they had before, but was even slightly increasing. And so what we've seen is an evolution where you know, Netflix is charging a certain fee per month. They have to pay for the rights to do that. Hulu has given up on free. Uh, CBS All Access has a lower price tier where you can watch commercials or a higher price tier where you could not pay and watch CBS content. So as these processes evolve, people kind of got hooked and they got hooked on the idea that they could pay less. And the, the holy grail, as I've described, it is $100 a month for a cable bill. That's what everybody is shooting for, you know, Comcast, DirecTV, Dish. I mean, they, they'd like to get that magic $100 a month out of everybody. As people start cutting the cord and they're paying for specific things, and then they find out what they're losing. And there's a lot of people who don't care. No, I just want to add something here, too. And I noticed this with CBS and with the CW, which is partly owned by CBS and partly owned by Warner Brothers. And that is, last night's show is on there. If you go to CBS All Access for CBS content, when you go back, you can get the last few weeks free Mm-hmm. But with CBS All Access, it's the older content. But if you just want something on demand with all the commercials online, there it is. And of course, depending on your cable or satellite provider, you get on demand. But there are ways there to get mostly free TV. Number one is to have a terrestrial antenna if you live close enough to the station. There are terrestrial-capable DVRs now. There didn't used to be. It used to right. be uh, you wanted a DVR, you had to have a service, but you can go out and buy a, a TiVo a Romeo, which you can connect up to your coax and your local antenna and record, you know, over the air and and actually, you know, edit out commercials there. So that's a new thing, fairly new. But a lot of people are not in a position to do terrestrial. Uh, they either live in a, on a topographic depression like I do, or they're too far away, or they have buildings obstructing them. So by and large, cable is your only answer. But the, what I was saying before was the industry is constructing itself in such a way as to ease people over to these systems. And one example of that is when Apple tried to negotiate a $30 TV subscription fee. The networks were going, no, we don't want to do that because our cable and satellite affiliates are making a whole lot more money than that. And we don't want to undercut them. And we have contracts with them. And so we're not going to let Apple kind of come in here and, and, and give away something that we're making more money on through other partners. As I've watched this process evolve, what I've seen is, is that in the end, when we finally are all converted over to Internet television and there's no more coaxial cable stringing on a, on a pole outside your house, 
and satellite dishes are gone, and we all have internet high speed, we're all watching 4K TV, we're going to be back to the $100 a month. There's just no way around it because of the way they're constructing their models and their contracts and agreements and the charges that they set up for content. So much more to come with John Martellaro. I'm Gene Steinberg here in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillows supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com. Sunshine-pillows.com. GCN and Longevity are bringing Dr. Wallach to Hawaii for the first time in 20 years. Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo, Vice Presidential Marketing Director with Longevity and the GCN team. Exclusive to GCN, you have the opportunity to meet and greet Dr. Joel Wallach. For leaders that want to support GCN, your health and wealth, visit wallachhawaii.com, teamgaday.com or call 808-436-5025, 808-436-5025. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? 
See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Calben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So we're talking about free TV that ain't free. And let's leave it there. There's too much to talk about. I'm going to go to another topic here that has a Really, really provocative headline on your part, but we understand that. Blood in the Macintosh water. I assume you mean because Apple hasn't had any Mac updates this year other than the MacBook. Am I correct, sir? That is correct. And it's creating quite a frenzy in the Macintosh world. The most extreme frenzy is the Mac Pro customers, of course, because the product hasn't been updated in almost three and a half years. We don't know where Apple's going with that. The Smart money is probably on the idea that Apple is giving up on the Pro market and the Mac Pro will never be updated, although there are rumors. And the, the rumors are based on some P-list inspection in El Capitan that seems to point to a new model Mac Pro. I think it's J95. The old one was something like J90. So there's this lingering rumor. So may, maybe Apple had a, a, a product in development that they decided not to release. Uh, you know, they, they canceled... Finally, mercifully, the ancient and obsolete 2011 27-inch Thunderbolt display. So that's been a big source of aggravation amongst technical professionals. Hewlett-Packard's moving in to fill that space, by the way, and I'll be writing about that. The thing here is that it shouldn't take much to update the Mac Pro with the existing configuration. You update the Xeon processors, get new mm-hmm processors from AMD for the graphic chips, you update to Thunderbolt 3, right. and maybe you give a better solid-state drive. Certainly it'd be cheaper right. now because there are a lot cheaper. That doesn't involve much. If Apple sells 50,000 units a year, that ought to pay for it. Uh, you would think so. Uh, it depends on Apple's decision to commit to the, uh, arduously to the technical professional market. The engineers, the architects, the scientists, just, um all the technical professionals who use the Macs for video production. I've discovered that there is a Hewlett-Packard reverse switcher site called Mac to Z. Um, you can put it in the show notes. I'll send you the link. Hewlett-Packard's aggressively wooing people with these Z workstations and Z displays and uh, color-accurate displays that technical professionals, movie studios, uh, DreamWorks, for example, are using. So... That's that. And then there is the long period of time between the 
uh, MacBook Pros, which were last updated in March and then May, the 13 and 15 inch of 2015. We're eagerly awaiting. The money is on September 7th. Apple will announce an Apple Watch 2 and an iPhone 7. And then they'll start shipping the phone. And when the dust settles, Apple will announce a second keynote, hopefully in early October. And in time for, not in time for going back to school, but in time for the holiday season, new MacBooks. And the latest rumor from Mark Gurman is an updated MacBook Air, the product we thought Apple was going to kill uh, with USB-C ports. So Apple apparently still sees a market, is feeling a market for the MacBook Air. But the, the thrust of the blood in the water is, is that Apple's growing and working in so many different areas they're doing so many things that there seems to be uh, competitive holes in their in their lineup, and companies like Microsoft are being aggressive and pointing out the weaknesses of the MacBook Air compared to their Surface Pro tablet. Although they are comparing a tablet to a notebook, it's being, kind of a weird kind of comparison because but, but it's the a, uh, Surface Pro is kind of a mixture of yeah, iPad and, and they're, MacBook, and they're making it but. Work. They're making it work in their commercials, and they're finding little bits and pieces where Apple's not making it work as well. You know, tablet sales are down. They've been down for uh, 12 quarters, is it, and a dec- declining uh, sales. And so App- Apple's been having to work hard to breathe life into the tablet line. They're not out of the, the woods yet. Um, we haven't seen a positive rate of growth yet. The, Tim Cook has had to appeal to the idea that the MacBook, I'm sorry, that the iPad Pros are making them more money. And he made an interesting comment about why would you worry about market share and unit sales when you're making more money than you were making before? I think it's sort of a, a palliative. It's a, sort of an excuse. Um, you don't like to see a product line whose unit sales are heading towards the zero line. Um, so they had the work to breathe life into it. And they're doing that with iOS 10. They're doing that with the pro line. They're doing it with support for keyboard and pencil, but it's not yet showing a positive result. So that's another area where Microsoft is making some hay. Now to be sure, Apple's not selling as many iPads as they used to, but they're selling a whole lot more iPads than Microsoft sells surface pros. That's the business reality of the situation. Now, Um, part of the issue with regard to Mac upgrades, other than maybe adding the new technologies, is that Intel has been shipping their chips a little bit later and a little bit later. So Apple waits accordingly. Doesn't that create part of the problem? Even though the processors for the MacBook Pro should have been out months ago. These Skylake processors have been ready, as far as I know, starting in this third calendar quarter. So that would be July, August, September. So Apple should be in a position now to announce ready availability of MacBook Pros with Skylake processors. There may be some other, I'm guessing now, it's a big guess, that Apple has had some engineering issues associated with some advances that they'd like to make in the MacBook Pros, like Touch ID power button, so that you can log on with your fingerprint as you power up. And with the OLED display uh, replacing the function keys, so there may be developmental engineering issues over and above the Skylake processors that have slowed them down. But they're creating, a, Apple's creating a whole lot of anxiety 
about their MacBook Pro line. And we're ex- hoping for an announcement right after the dust clears from the iPhone 7 announcement. So we shall see. Uh, Apple missed the back-to-college season in, in July and August. And that was bad. The good news is, is that they're selling a lot of MacBooks, which are pretty popular, apparently. The problem is is that Apple doesn't have a low-cost notebook that can appeal to students who might be tempted to buy a less expensive Dell or Hewlett Packard notebook for $500 running Linux or Windows 10. Or something like a $199 Chromebook. Or yes, or Chromebooks. Uh, I know a, I know a um, K-12 principal at a charter school who's found that the Chromebooks can save them a lot of money. Uh, they have a Mac lab where the students use iMacs when they need to for high-level laboratory experiments and app work and research. But in terms of you know carrying around in in their in their backpack and doing homework, Google Docs and a Chromebook work really well, and you you pay a fraction of a price. So those are three areas: Google and the Chromebooks, uh, uh, Microsoft surging in their Surface Pro with more confidence. And the technical professionals at the top in the desktop line, where companies are finding competitive holes in Apple. And uh, the, the concern is, is that Apple's so obsessed with music and with virtual, uh, with artif- artificial reality, augmented reality, and with their TV productions and all the other things that Apple's doing in their car project that the desktop line, especially, of the Macintosh is being uh, sort of left to linger. And that's another article I wrote about Apple's organizational structure. Maybe we'll get that get to that later in the show. But there's no champion for the Macintosh line. There's no, there's no Mac uh, czar because of Apple's organizational structure. So um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But people are getting really nervous. Well, I think here that if it's a matter of development, that might be one issue. I can see possibly with the Mac Pro, there's an issue because weren't they waiting a new version of display port that makes it easier to run those 5K displays? Because right now it's pretty awkward. You got to have like two connectors for it and everything. Um, with uh, the dis- with the what you call a display port connector, you can you you can run Thunderbolt three, which Skylake supports. And you can run USB 3.1 over that as well. So that should be ready. There shouldn't be any technical problem with that. Other companies are shipping that product. The HPZ workstations have that already. Okay, we have to see what Apple comes up with. I'm assuming an Apple event of some kind, Mac-oriented, probably in October. By the way, we have one more thing, believe it or not, from John. Actually, we have several things to talk about. And we will. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. 
You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I'm Jesse Gonzalez, Vice President of Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States? Or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me in Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the marginalized fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the legend of the one more thing... John, tell us. <laughs> if Apple has, if and when, assuming when, they have a Macintosh event in, say, early October, and Tim Cook comes out and talks about the new MacBook Pros at length, the glorious new design, the OLED function dis- display, and uh, Touch ID, and it makes a big thing out of it. And this says, oh, by the way, we have new MacBook Airs with USB-C, and whatever then doesn't say anything about the mac mini and doesn't say anything about the mac pro there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth as you have never seen before people love their mac minis they're nice solutions but the one that came out in october 2014 was kind of lame compared to the one from 2012 and not as upgradable and so it's been two years, and people like their Mac Mini. My readers are telling me, don't cancel it. It's a great little box. So that needs to be upgraded, and, and the Mac Pro needs to be upgraded. So Apple needs to think about saying something about these products instead of leaving us in limbo. This eerie silence is, I won't say irresponsible, but it's weighing on the minds of people. I would think here that Tim Cook could really make people feel comfortable if during the September 7th event, they briefly talk about Mac OS Sierra and say, by the way, we're working on some great stuff in the yep. Mac space. Yep. Just stay tuned and we'll tell you all about it. We can't wait all right. to tell you about we all the great we things we're releasing. can't wait to tell you about our new Macs. Exactly. Exactly. 
I want to ask you quickly, this is not something maybe you planned on, but I know it's an issue. Apple and the European Commission were talking about $14.5 billion that they're ordered to pay because <laughs> they allegedly got a sweetheart deal with the Republic of Ireland over taxes like 0.005%, which is absurd. Now, I'm going to background this and then well, you can give us- Well, it's not absurd. It's well, whatever Ireland wanted to deal with Apple. Well, it's absurd if you look at the percentages, but here's the deal. Republic of Ireland says, we're cool with this. Mm -hmm. Don't get involved in our case. Apple says, this is none of your business. This is a sovereign country making a deal. Now, remember here too, in the United States, when a major multinational corporation wants to build a plant, like VW wanted to build an assembly plant here, and different states say, come to us, we'll give you tax abatements, we'll make the bureaucracy work for you. And they chose Chattanooga, Tennessee to build Volkswagens. But the point being that they're giving these companies sweetheart deals to bring business so people get jobs. And that helps the tax base. And that supposedly will replace whatever revenue they lose by giving the company a tax break. Maybe that's not true, but that's the opinion. It's a sweetheart deal. We allow that here. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Apple could make a deal with Dublin or with London or with any country they want and make a sweetheart deal. And why is the European Union, through its European Commission, getting involved in that? I mean, because, we, we hear what Cook says. He's talking about a load of crap. One, one tweet I saw today was the European Union certainly tends to want to make other people's business its business. Apple has a lot of money. People would like to have some of that money. Class action lawsuits, uh, patent infringements. Uh, and now the European Union would like to get some of that money. I think, and I said jokingly the other day to the TMO team, what Apple needs to do is hire some of those Samsung lawyers and they'll never have to pay a penny. So <laughs> uh, this is going to be strung out. United States government, uh, United States Treasury Department has already made it clear to EU that this is a bad idea. There could be repercussions. There's vast politics behind the scenes that will go on. Tim Cook could uh, conceivably repatriate some of that money. Uh, to uh, make the U.S. government happy and make the U.S. government more eager to fight the European Union on these issues or make them pay a price, a political price. So there'll be, a, there'll be hearings and attorneys and meetings and negotiations and it'll all blow over. And I predict Apple won't have to pay a penny. It, it, not for years. It's just, how, uh, it's just a lot of puffery right now. Well, Cook did say they're going to repatriate some money. Mm -hmm. Is that done to help influence the IRS to say this is sure. cool, let them do it? Sure. Um, let who do what? It's cool. They're cool with the fact that Apple should continue their deal with Dublin. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the U.S. government uh, is annoyed with the European Union is trying to do. They don't want your American businesses to be impacted uh, in that way. Um, now, remember also, this is a point we should mention, that... If Apple pays $14.5 billion as a result of this, they're forced to pay, but you know, they'll appeal it and it will take you know, yeah. years. Hopefully, there'll be different administrators in the European Commission. Regardless of what happens, that's deducted from their American tax return. This is a legitimate expense. And suddenly, they're paying the IRS less money. I don't huh? think so. I don't, you don't think, think that, so. That expense is not uh, applicable to U.S. taxes because it's foreign money 
in a uh, in a store it's kept in a foreign bank based on foreign earnings and an agreement with um, the uh, Iran government. So I don't think you I don't think Apple can write it off as an expense since it's money already earned and, and it's kept all outside the United States. So they would pay because they have like two hundred and forty four two hundred and fifteen billion dollars outside the United States and about what fifteen billion in in the U.S. So I, I I don't believe that's correct, but I could be wrong. Hey, listen, I don't know. But I'm if just, Apple does, I, I don't pretend to know offer, anything about tax but laws. But if does, Apple does offer to repatriate some of its money, as 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 you mentioned, and Tim Cook has said, that could be uh, one of those deals with the, with the U.S. government that just amplifies the, the uh, support of the U.S. government against the EU. You know what? I'll go with either version. You know. But I have a feeling here, whatever happens, you know, I may be very old. I'm very old now, but you and I will be very much older before this is resolved, unless there's some kind of settlement. Oh, yes. Yes. There you go with the European Commission and Apple. Now, in mentioning the issue with late release of Macs, there's a corollary issue, which is, is there anything Apple can't do? That's now a problem, John? Why? Well, you know, when Steve Jobs was trying to resurrect Apple from the ashes in 1995 and 96, uh, he had to say no to a lot of things. They got out of the camera business. They got out of the printer business. They got out of the Newton business. And they focused on just building a great iMac that people would stand in line for and loved. And that kind of became a tradition with Apple. There were so many things that the company said no to. But... With the explosive growth of the iPod and then the iPhone becoming a major part of Apple's business, Apple has really, really grown dramatically since since Steve Jobs came back to Apple in 1996. The, the problem is, is that now, with that tremendous growth in place, we're seeing a worldwide slowdown in smartphone sales, and Android is doing very well against Apple. Apple has to look for new opportunities for growth, which means they get involved in all sorts of new projects. Possible TV subscription service, which was aborted. Uh, music, getting into streaming music and competing against Spotify. Uh, a possible autonomous electric car. There's so many things that Apple wants to get involved in in order to restore them onto a growth path. There's home automation. There's the reality TV that they're doing. There's uh, turning their retail stores into watering holes by no longer calling them stores. There's the Apple Watch. Um, There's the fitness and health initiative. Hey, I like that title. Just hold on. I like that title. (laughs) Apple Watering hole. No more Apple store. Apple watering hole, because we don't want to assume Apple is all wet, because that's the kind of jokes they're going to get. This is no joke, neighbors. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. Whenever he shows up, we've got lots of cool stuff to talk about. All right, let's see what happens. More to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. 
But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using the computer, or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts. Available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
we'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Okay, John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. When we talk about possible new Apple products, we're hearing all sorts of things. We're hearing about augmented reality. They're interested in that. But Apple really, as far as I can see, never realized their interest in the living room space. Very interested, but the Apple TV is better than the previous version, but not for me because none of the things it does impact me in the least. I just want to rent some iTunes movies and watch Netflix. I don't need this new model. So it doesn't matter, which is why I'm not getting it right now. But augmented reality, all these other things that are happening, other than the Apple car or autonomous driving technology, which we'll get to in a moment, what else do you think Apple's going to do? Before we get on to what they're going to do next, the, the problem is, is that, that Apple's what I call the surface area is exploding. They're getting into our lives in so many ways. They want to do that. They're, they're working on new services in addition to new products to restore growth. And as the company gets bigger and bigger, there are areas that are kind of left behind. And we talked about that in the previous segment where there's certain inattention to prompt updates of the Macintoshes. There is the lingering problem of the um, declining sales of the iPad. The way Apple's organizational structure is set up, the way I go, I, I refer to a great article by Ben Thompson who talks about the way Apple's organized. As a result of that, Product managers don't have a lot of authority. They, Apple's organized along vertical lines like marketing, engineering, finance, and communications. So the executive team really controls the direction of the company. And the products are run by engineering teams that don't have individual leaders of, of products with a lot of authority. The executive team has all the authority. So if the big initiative is in, is in music on streaming music or something that's popular, augmented reality or something like that, or the car project, engineering resources are shuffled around to meet the most immediate demand. And because this market space is so expanding, competitors are very much more numerous now. In the old days, Microsoft was Apple's only competitor because Apple was trying to sell Macintoshes into the enterprise and they couldn't do it very well. I know I was in Apple sales and it was difficult because Microsoft had all of the, the exchange servers and all the boxes checked and all the Windows requirements and documents and Office and everything that the enterprise needed. And Apple was going more after design and cool factor and being a technical leader. And businesses don't like rapid change. They get annoyed. So as Apple has expanded its product line, They've got more competitors. And as they have more competitors, they feel more threatened in a lot of areas. So if, say, Amazon were to ally with a music company and Apple felt threatened, then Apple would have to work very hard to kind of, you know, put their fingers in that dike and stop the leakage. And then engineering resources are, are shuffled around. And, and, and when the iPhone demands the very best team that they have, resources are pulled away maybe from Sierra for a while. And, and there's nothing that 
Craig Federighi can do about that. Competitors are seeing these openings. Apple has a lot of things that they're doing. They're very much focused on design. Sometimes that kind of stalls their technical leadership. And then they have to maintain this cachet of being cool. And uh, if that is ever at risk, you know, they have to work on that very strenuously. And how, how cool can you make a Macintosh? Well, you know, the iMac and the MacBooks have looked the same for years. And there is a reason for that because the design stabilized. And there's no new thinking going on there. So what people want now in their desktops is power. They don't care what it looks like. It's going to sit under the desk. Just give me my Xeons and my 256 gigabytes of RAM and my five terabyte RAID drive. And I'm off and running. But now, Apple the thing we have to bear in mind, too, is Apple sold style with the Mac Pro. But it's irrelevant in many ways because everything you add to it is external. So when you put out all those boxes and wiring and all that junk, it doesn't matter that you have a cute black trash can or dark gray trash can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they tried to sell style to technical professionals, and it didn't have the graphics and the memory expandability that they wanted. It was artificially limited to 64 gigabytes, although I've heard people being able to successfully run 128, but that's... For, for for technical professionals, you know, 64 doesn't cut it anymore. You know, something is very interesting here. I wonder, this is the positive vision, and we'll get past this subject in a moment, that maybe Apple is considering some kind of intermediary step, which is a larger Mac Pro with more internal expandability. But the reason we're not hearing about it, it's designed and built in the U.S., so you don't have the Asian supply chain to know about it. I mean... You have to go back to the. You have to go back to. It's not going to happen. I think that if they do anything at all, it's just going to be a standard refresh with better parts, and that's it. Let's move on. They could have done that two years ago. Yeah, they could have. I have no idea what they're thinking, but they really ought to tell us. Okay, we talked about Apple Car. All right. Now there's an article you're writing here called "Autonomous Vehicles Might Develop Superior Moral Judgment." Well. That won't take much. I mean, that sounds like a simple thing to do. Ah, but it's not. There are multiple approaches to developing judgment for autonomous cars. There are three phases. There's, there's prescribed morality where you can program in some version of uh, Asimov's three laws of robotics that are modified and say, you know, here's your priority. If you have a choice between crashing and killing the occupants or running over a motorcyclist, at all costs, you save the, the occupants of the car. So you can have sort of preordained rules. Sometimes those, those rules are either ambiguous or can be logically argued to not be valid in all cases. And so there's something called crowdsourcing, where you ask a large number of people what they would do in a response sheet about what you would do in this circumstance. And then you look at the broadest examples of what people would do and try to try to learn from that and, and set those as rules. The other thing is, this next step beyond that, is to build what's called morality engines. These are artificial intelligence agents that, that learn from scenarios and propose responses that are judged. And if it's judged by a, a wide range of people to be the wrong answer, then the morality engine has to change its values. And finally, you get to the point where you do a lot of testing on these morality engines you make sure that the morality engine 
gets the best answer the most number of times according to the judgment of the most number of experts. And then you go with that and you say, well, that's the best engine we can do right now. And then you let it go in real world. And and hopefully there's going to be the fewest possible uh, repercussions. The thing is, is that as these morality engines get more and more sophisticated and learn more about people's needs and make better judgments, in the long run, they could end up making better decisions than any one individual could make in a crisis. Because when you're in a crisis, you're trying to juggle. A human brain can only do so much in an instant. You're trying to weigh whether you're going to let a kid in the back seat be hurt. More to come with John Martellaro. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. ProPure water filters, making water great again. Taste and feel the difference with state-of-the-art filter technology. Pro1 G2.0 and ProMax filters are independent lab-tested to NSF standards. Choose from gravity, countertop, pitcher, shower, and inline filtration products. There's a ProPure for you. Buy risk-free today. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's E-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Warning. 
If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-954-9674. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-954-9674. That's 1-800-954-9674. 1-800-954-9674. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So John of the Mac Observer is talking about Apple, about autonomous driving, about the considerations thereof, the better morality, because the machine we trust is not stupid. Eventually, we'll get to the point where morality engines can make decisions faster in accordance with well-tried and true and tested human principles programmed into it and through simulation and modeling and testing before they're deployed that they'll make the best possible decisions. And in the long run, we'll say, yeah, the machine made a decision, but he made a decision faster and better than any human could have made at that point. And so we'll we'll artificially imbue them with superior moral judgment when, in fact, it's just that they've codified the best possible consensus about what to do next and as agreed to by the most number of people. And that's better than, you know, a young and experienced driver making a bad decision and and running into a telephone pole and killing him and his college football friends, you know. So we'll, we'll get to that point eventually. That's the prediction of the article. And, and that's why I said eventually the autonomous vehicles will develop superior moral judgment, not in the sense that they're superior to human beings, but that they make better decisions faster, that are wiser, and most judged to be, in the long run, the best decision that anybody could have made. Okay, I'm ready for my Johnny cab. <laughs> so does Uber eventually move towards autonomous vehicles? Of course. But the point they're offering now with their ads is not just availability for customers, but people looking for a part-time job. Repurpose your vehicle and make it a Uber vehicle. But if Uber is building their own vehicles, all these people lose their jobs, or do they have to be on board anyway, even if it's autonomous? Well, in the early days, uh, they're testing. And in Pittsburgh right now, Uber is testing autonomous cars. But they have two um, observers in the front seat and one ready to take control of the car right away. Um, but eventually, um, there'll, be a, there'll be a day. Now, when that comes, it, it will t- depend on legislation, safety laws, insurance, company feedback, uh, acceptance by human beings. But I would say somewhere around... 2025, it'll be ubiquitous that for most instances, you'll just hail a car 
you know, to come and pick you up and take you where you want to go. Now there are instances where you want to do a family vacation to Yosemite and you want to be able to drive around and free roam and you want, you'll be far away from home and you want to have your own car. So there's lots of scenarios like that. But for city people who just need to get a lift from point A to point B, uh, these cars manufactured by Tesla and Google and likely Apple will come and get you, pick you up, and they'll be safe. Now, there'll be crashes and there'll be investigations and there'll be software updates. Uh, but I predict it'll be a lot safer when these cars are ubiquitous because then they'll be talking to each other and you won't have a mixture of human drivers and and uh, autonomous cars. Uh, you won't have human drivers getting impatient or um, doing something unexpected that confuses the uh, autonomous car. When they're all talking to each other, one will say, okay, you've got the right of way. You go first, I'll go second. There won't be any hubris. There won't be any racing. And you just get in your car and safely go where you want to go. It'd be very nice. Now, isn't that the limit right now? However sophisticated you make these things, it has to account for human inconsistency and human illogic or human irrationality. And the well, yeah. unpredictable nature is probably going to be difficult, and it will only really get better when a higher percentage of machines are doing the driving. I, I, there's an example I like to give. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show before, but you're, you're, you're taking an autonomous car to the hospital. Your wife is ready to give birth, and it's raining. And so uh, you want the autonomous car to park in, a, in an area where it's sheltered, and the car says, I can't park there. And you say, well, I don't want my wife to get wet, and we don't have an umbrella. And uh, it's the, I don't want her to slip on a, on a slippery sidewalk, so please park here for now, and then you can leave. And the car says, no, I'm not, per, I'm not allowed to park here. So you, you can imagine situations where you're getting into a heated discussion with the car about what you want it to do. And there has to be some sort of emergency override. And, and this discussion has come up in California about whether autonomous cars should have manual controls in the early days for people to take over in emergencies. Or that they shouldn't, and that's that's a point of discussion right now, and we'll, we'll go through phases and figuring that out too. But you can imagine a lot of situations where you want the car to do something that it doesn't think it wants to do, and then who's going to win that discussion? Well, you know, I look at it this way, which is kind of more interesting. As someone who's a little bit older, I don't know if I'm older than you. Who knows? Right. <laughs> the key being here. Maybe I'm not older than you, but regardless, I have to think five, 10 years from now, you and I may face the issue when it may not happen, where we have to think, are we still capable of driving? Oh, of course. Of course, these cars are going to come along just in time for the baby boomers. Uh, I predict, and I, I hope in, in making the prediction, I don't make it come true, but I predict there'll come a time when you'll have to take a special driving test to get a special license to drive a car yourself. And... So anybody can drop into an autonomous car and get a ride. But if you want to have control of your own car and be on the road with any kind of mixture of other drivers and autonomous cars, you'll have to go through a strict driver's test. And it'll probably be a lot stricter than than the ones that are offered today. Because right now you you take a driver's test when you're younger and then you just auto-renew it every year. And it varies by state when you have to take an actually observed driving test from a from a driver from the motor vehicle department who observes you. I don't know how, what, the, what that age is. Well, in Arizona, the only thing that happens is after you're 65, every five years you take an eye test. And I guess they assume here if your eyes are failing, other things are failing. Mm. Mm. It may not be true, but it's probably 
I think there are some states indicator. where you have to act, take a supervised driving test when you get to be 75. And they watch your responses on how you handle yourself in, in traffic, I think. And that would be nice. Uh, I think my dad went through that. He got When he got older, he failed his first driver's test and appealed. They let him take it again, and he passed it the second time. So he was able to keep his driver's license. I don't think that happens in Arizona. Okay. It might happen in Colorado, maybe California or New York. I don't think so out here because this is redneck territory, sir. <laughs> so I kind of expect that at 75, I'll take my eye test. If my eyes are good, fine. If my eyes are no good, I shouldn't be driving anyway. So I accept that. The only consideration I would have about autonomous vehicles is what are they going to cost? Now, the average price of a new car is over $30,000. And that's for a normal car. And that gets you like a high-end Honda Accord or a Volkswagen Passat or Nissan Altima. That's what you get for over 30000 Or, you know, maybe a demo of a cheap BMW, which starts over 30000 Whatever it is, that's the average price of a car. Of course, most people these days are moving towards SUVs and such, which is another story and I won't get into it. All right. If you're adding all this technology... And the extra sensors and all that. What does it add to the purchase price? Now, maybe over the years, it'll be just a couple of thousand dollars for the extra sensors and the computers and everything. At the starting gate, it's going to have to be expensive, won't it? Well, I have seen articles about that. Um, cars already have a lot of sensors. You know, we have, I think in 2017, our backup cameras are mandated. Uh, the Teslas already have the Tesla Model 3 is going to sell for about thirty to 35000 And it has a host of sensors. It has radar, sonar, optical sensors. Uh, those are starting to become rather routine. And, and in terms of individual parts, costs, that's not that bad. Software is free once you, you know, get it right. So the incremental cost of installing the software in the car is not much. So it's mostly cars, about cars the sensory equipment. It's mostly about the sensory equipment, maybe well, beefing up the brakes and stuff. No, like I that. think it's mostly no. I think it's mostly the the main the, the main computer. Right now, cars have about thirty computers in them. That they're small, individual, special purpose computers. You're going to have to have basically a supercomputer to do these kinds of decisions. You'll have to have a Mac Pro. You're looking at ten teraflops. Okay, right. it's got to be and something like a Mac cost- Pro or better. We got John Martellaro for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653, 877-886-3653, GoBerkey.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So maybe what Apple's going to do with the Mac Pro is they will make it the control center of the first autonomous vehicle. (laughs) Well, you're going to be a little spot and, you know, right near the engine, a big slot where you take the trash can, you drop it in, and now your car's powered up. No, it's not fast enough. 500 bucks. I'm thinking maybe uh, an autonomous car is going to cost at most $2,000 more than a regular car. 
of the, of the same design. I don't think it's a big problem. And, and there's a service I just read about where you can loan out your cars. If you want to have a Lamborghini for a day, you can rent a Lamborghini for 200 bucks a day from this company that's cropped up to put cars that would be sitting in the garage to good use. And so if a guy has a Lamborghini and he only needs it on weekends, he can farm it out and virtually make the car payment through the, through the rental. So people may not even decide to buy their autonomous cars. It depends on the scenario, and it's, it's, it's widely varying. But some people want to have their own car, even though it sits in the garage. Some people will want to have a car that they, they lease out. And some people will just you know, say, well, Uber is all I need because I don't go on long vacations in the summer. But you know something here. What makes me afraid of renting the car out, especially an expensive one, is you know, someone's going to wreck it. Oh, yeah. I read the article about that company that does that. And they said they got something like five accident reports per 10,000 rentals or something like that. And, and every uh, rental comes with like a million dollar liability insurance policy. So they've got the basis covered on that. Basically, then what that means is if the car is wrecked, then they'll get you a new one. Yeah. Okay, so who cares? Okay, fine. So next time I want to buy a Lamborghini, which is never, (laughs) I'll rent it out. I looked at the cost. You know, if you can rent out your Lamborghini for $200 a day and you do that for 20 days a month, that's $4,000 a month. That would probably cover the car payment. Well, okay. I will see if I can get that approved. Okay. Well, anyway, do we have time for another subject? Do we have time for another subject? Indulge yourself. I want to talk about humans becoming robotic. That does not compute. Faster than robots can become human-like. You know, I observe our behavior in the way we interact with our computers and the way we are obsessed with Pokemon and glued to our computer displays and walking around the streets with iPhones in our faces and social media. And I, I admit as a writer, I engage in all these. I'm on Twitter and I have an iPhone and I use a lot of these technologies because I have to know about them to write about them. But I also observe that uh, we're becoming very robotic in our responses, especially when there's a contentious issue um, in social media People are rather rash and quick to do groupthink, to, to follow the uh, emotions of the crowd, to uh, let the computer tell them what to do, uh, to become obsessed with the latest movie or the latest thing to have in terms of material goods. There is a lot of money to be made by inciting people through the mechanisms that they have. And then as these people respond, they cough up their money. And every time I run across somebody who's like a professor, run across a professor of leisure arts one time skiing, there are people who are just sort of so free and, you know, they write or they travel and they live, you know, in a very natural human way. And it's very much in contrast to the modern technical life of people who are obsessed with getting their movie tickets on their phone, getting their Instagram photos uploaded, uh, buying their movie tickets on their phone, having their lunch ordered in from their phone, busy meetings, you know, then rushing home, getting the kids to soccer practice, never having any time to sleep or relax or reflect or think or sort out their values. We've become a very automated, very manipulated society. 
And it seems to me in some ways that computers can instantiate the best of human behavior, the way we were talking about autonomous car morality. We, in many cases, when I watch Star Trek The Next Generation, Lieutenant Commander Data recalled the android in Star Trek. He exhibited aspirations for being human and, and often exhibited human behavior that was very laudable and set a good example for humans. And there's a lot of humans that don't quite measure up to that standard and are becoming very mechanical in their own approach. So I wrote an article called Are Humans Becoming Robotic Faster Than Robotics Can Become Human? And it's something to ponder. Okay. So we all want to be data, but in the latter years of Star Trek Next Generation, when they made the movies, they gave him an emotion ship, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, in the TV sci-fi space opera called Dark Matters, the android gets an emotion ship also. Now, the android is like the pilot of the ship. She or it regulates what goes on, controls everything, and acceding to her human commanders. So that's an interesting thing, too, where when you look at this character, she speaks more robotically than Brent Spiner and Data did. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've watched the show, too. Right. But I like the show. I mean, it's, I think it's a really good show. Yeah, there's some Star Trek producers. Uh, I think um, I forget. And also some SG One producers. It's a mixture. Yeah, they have both called upon those casts. Yeah. And then the other show, Killjoys, about a group of space jockeys who are bounty hunters. That was produced by Michelle Lavrada, who did Lost Girl, if you remember. Oh, yes. I like yes. both shows. I think both are really good, and they're renewed for a third season. Could iPhones come to the point where they're so small and so miniaturized that they're implanted and integrated into our optic nerves and in our, in our spinal column to the point where they, they can provide augmented assistance? And in the process of so doing, uh, could they be programmed to bring out the best in humans or will they be programmed to bring out the worst in us? That's a good question. And who will control that and who will make those decisions? Let's hope that the computers don't make the decisions for us <laughs> because that's the danger next. Wouldn't you like to sit there and have your computer, say your autonomous vehicle, you say, okay, take me to the Walmart or whatever and says, I'm sorry, John, but I can't, I can't do, do that. that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's sort of like notification systems right now. You know, our phone is in our face all the time trying to get us to do things. You know, here's a notice. You should respond to that. You need to react to this. You know, it's almost controlling you. All right. So, and if you get your Apple Watch, you're really controlled because it's going to tickle your arm or your wrist or something and say, get up. Relax. John Martellaro, before your Apple Watch tickles you. The show is over. That's, I guess I've just been notified. <laughs> Tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff while I'm you're John being Mar tickled. <laughs> I'm John Martellaro, senior editor at the Mac Observer, www.macobserveronward.com. You can find us on Twitter. And we're not being tickled because I have a $12.88 Walmart watch. You can find us on Twitter as Tech Night Owl. You also want to check out 
our Facebook page. Look for the guy in the plaid shirt, red plaid shirt, Gene Steinberg, that's me. We also have another radio show called The Paracast about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we'll talk about UFOs, alien abductions, and more with Dr. Robert Davis this weekend. To learn more, go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And we've got one more thing to tell you. And that's the way you get the commercial-free version of this show. You don't need a dish hopper. You don't need the fast-forward button. You need Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot This is the absolute 100% best way for you to show your support for the Tech Night Owl Live. A modest subscription rate to get all these benefits. More to come in the future. We're working on some stuff. We've tried out a few features in the past. More will come. If you want to learn more about Tech Night Owl Plus, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. John Martellaro, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. You're very welcome. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.